Hi there, and welcome to the Skylight Books author reading series. If you'd like to learn more about us and our many upcoming author events, please visit skylightbooks.com, where you can browse our inventory, buy books, and join our Friends with Benefits Club. You can also follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. To speak to a real live bookseller like me, please call 323-660-1175. Thanks for your support, and enjoy. Hilary Frank began her career as a contributor on This American Life. She is the creator of the podcast The Longest, Shortest Time, and the author of three young adult novels. Uh, Jane Marie is a Peabody and Emmy Award-winning journalist who produced This American Life. Before becoming an independent content creator, she, as a writer, Jane has served as an editor for Jezebel and the Hairpin and Pen Columns for various sites, including The Toast and Cosmopolitan. Please join me in welcoming Hilary and Jane. So nice to see you guys. Um, yeah, happy I, Sunday. Yeah. Happy dry Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is Hillary, everybody. Hey. Yeah. Hopefully you all have copies of the book to get signed after. Yeah. And is everybody here familiar with The Longest Shortest Time? Anybody who is not? Okay, cool. We don't have to explain that one. Great. <laughs> so I guess we'll t um, start by talking about the book, Weird Parenting Wins. Um, so Hillary, yeah. you host The Longest Shortest Time, a parenting podcast. I used to. Well. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I should point out our current host, Andrea Salenzi, is in the house right over here. <laughs> um, so how did the idea for the book come about? So when I had a kid in 2010, I um, read a lot of parenting books. I was reading books about how to soothe the baby, how to make her stop crying, go to sleep, eat, and... Live. Yeah, <laughs> keep her alive. And a lot of those techniques, like some, some of them worked and then a lot of them didn't. And when they didn't, I felt like I was failing. I felt like there must be something wrong with me or something wrong with my baby. And we were just doing this wrong because the, the books laid everything out step by step. It made it seem so easy. Shake is, the baby a little the, the right yes, direction. The, yeah, the <laughs> jiggling. Already, yeah. Jiggle it just right. <laughs> um, but uh, what I realized a couple years in was that the things that actually worked for me, hello, my mother-in-law is here. <laughs> um, so what I realized a couple years in is that the things that were working for me were not things I had read in books. There were things that I made up out of the blue in moments of desperation. And like creativity struck and I figured something out. Um, so like while the jiggling wasn't really working, if I stroked the top of my baby's nose, it would make her fall asleep. So I put a call out to the Longest Shortest Time audience. I, I made a blog post and said like, hey, does anybody else have stuff like this? And the answers came flooding in and they were hilarious. There was like <laughs> the guy who pig snorted in his baby's ear to get her to stop crying. There was like all kinds of weird white noise situations, like, you know, the couple that traded off using um, their electric toothbrushes to conduct the baby to sleep <laughs> as it would buzz. <laughs> so 
those, um, I, I read all of those and I thought, we ought to collect these somehow. And so we kept asking and they became the book. And it wasn't just baby stuff. Oh, yeah. So it, that's another thing that I feel like, without naming any names, a lot of parenting books gloss over is that the baby gets older yeah. <laughs> and the problems don't just stop. No. <laughs> no, no, they get worse, actually. And there's no answers. I, I mean, I haven't found in a lot of parenting books um, yeah. that there are answers for ages past, you know, toddlerdom. Mm-hmm. So how did you um, reach out and get stories from people about older kids? Because we're not usually like thinking in that yeah. way about parenting books. So the cool thing about having a podcast is you can ask specific questions and I would be like, we need stuff about teenagers because if we do not get stuff about teenagers, there will not be stuff about teenagers in the book. <laughs> and so people started responding and, and then um, I started just doing like specific asks on Facebook mm-hmm. for like each little thing that we needed. So should we talk about some of the favorites? We should. Yeah. So, so <laughs> this book is um, part personal essays about my experiences as a a mother and as a daughter of parents, and part crowdsourced um, strange parenting strategies. Oh, and part strange parenting strategies. (laughs) It's Um, also part, I think, reference guide. Like you can leaf through the book and go, okay, how do I, how do I not scream at my kid? There's the chapter. Oh, how do I get them to stop tantruming? That's the chapter. (laughs) So, and these, and they're all kind of like, yeah, set, set up as an art because I think oftentimes we feel like it's not an art. It's like you're, you're, you're being given instructions. And so instead this is like, the art of soothing a screaming child, the art of getting your kid to eat stuff, the art of getting your kid to act like a person. Um, I am not going to read to you from (laughs) my essays today because I love that this event is child-friendly, but the essays are not (laughs) child-friendly. So, but my daughter helped me pick out some of the um, crowdsourced entries that um, made her laugh. So, kids... These are for you. <laughs> All right, so we're going to walk through the ages here. So some of these things fall in the category of stuff that works, and then you kind of wish they didn't because you have to keep repeating them. All right, so this is from Rachel in Brentwood, California. My six-month-old doesn't like car rides and cries a lot in the car. I've tried singing, talking, different music, white noise, driving with the windows down, nothing has worked. Well, today it was just her and me on the commute home from work. We were stuck in rush hour traffic and she started crying. It occurred to me to bark like a dog and it worked. She stopped crying. But as soon as I stopped barking, she would cry again. So today I barked like a dog all the way home. Do you ever have those things where, like, you, you created something and, and you can't Oh, you stop? mean, like, having my child sleep in a swing for six months? <laughs> Straight on high as fast as it could go? Yeah, I regretted that. <laughs> so, parents, I, uh, I apologize in advance if your kid decides that they want to try this on you at home. But you're welcome. You'll get them to brush their teeth. <laughs> All right. My two-year-old son is not a fan of brushing his teeth. My two-year-old son is a fan of trying to lick me. My parenting win, 
if you brush your teeth, you can lick my face. <laughs> it's pretty gross, but he is brushing his teeth, and I smell minty fresh. <laughs> Jane in Cape Town, South Africa. Okay. So, Jane, do you ever have, like, a thing where um, you want to go to the bathroom <laughs> and your kid wants to be in the room with you? Uh, my daughter has an uncanny ability to just show up at the door anytime I am pooping. Yep. Anytime. <laughs> just, like she's just there. She wants to be a part of it. I told her today that I was just going to bring her with me from now on and she could sit on my lap. Then she's like, no, ew. And I'm like, well, you're here anyway. <laughs> I feel like I, I always see on Instagram those pictures from the point of view of like the knees, <laughs> the knees with the kid hanging on them mm -hmm. and like the pants down, the parents sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Okay. So I just needed a few minutes alone to do things after work like use the toilet or gasp take a minute to touch up my manicure pedicure, and my one-year-old was not having it. My parenting win, I would give him a roll of toilet paper and allow him to go to town TPing my bedroom. It would buy me five to 10 minutes of time to myself. Laura, Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. I love the ones that are buying time, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about in a little okay. bit. I think there's a game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yes, there is, there is a game. Okay, all right. Are you guys ready for one that's super gross? Is that okay? Can I read a super gross one? Yeah. Elliot's nodding. <laughs> okay. I'm now the mama of one diaper-wearing baby, but for years before motherhood, I was a full-time nanny to two potty-trained boys. I should point out, not everything in this book is from an actual parent. It's just some of them are teachers, babysitters. Whenever we had to leave the house, they would put up such a fight, and when I, asked them to go to the, when I asked them to go to the bathroom, we either wound up being late because we wouldn't get in the car until at least everyone had tried, or I'd just give up and head out the door when inevitably someone immediately announced that he had to go. I came up with a trick that came to be known as pea soup. I told the boys to pretend that the toilet bowl was a mixing bowl, and we would each add our own ingredient, as if we were cooking. We would use the bathroom one at a time, myself included, but not flush the toilet, so all of the ingredients could be combined. Sometimes the soup was a meal. I added bacon, his was eggs, now yours can be the hash browns. Sometimes it was just silly. This time the soup is mustard, jelly, and Play-Doh. The clincher was that after we had all done our business, the boys always wanted to watch as the toilet flushed, since that was when the soup got mixed. Was it gross to have three people all take turns peeing into the same toilet without flushing, and then looking at what had been created? Yes. Was it less gross than having accidents happen in car seats and on playgrounds? I think so. <laughs> Did it get the boys to empty their bladders before leaving the house? 100% of the time. Megan, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. When you were um, looking to compile all of these, mm -hmm. I know you're not going to read from your essays, but when you were putting like the sections together and writing about personal experience, did they just come to you? My own personal experiences. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I'm feeling like we're all going, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. oh wait, I have something Some like of them that. were harder than others. Yeah. 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 And then some of it was like, am I going to get too revealing about myself? And yeah, the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun of the book. I feel like it's all of us admitting things we probably wouldn't normally talk about if you hadn't asked. <laughs> right. I mean, so you'll find out. I'm not the nicest person sometimes <laughs> in this book. Um, 
I had uh, this is boring. Yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Um, so I had this twin sister growing up named Leslie. Um, she was exactly like me, <laughs> except her eyes were a little squintier. And she said all the things that I would never dare say to my little brother. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm Leslie now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'd always be like, I know you're Leslie, your eyes are squinty. <laughs> you're about to just so, lay into me. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, I'm going to, for for anyone who has kids who don't love eating vegetables. None of you, right? You all love your vegetables, right? Love eat, them? Love them? Any, any love them? Okay, yeah. My eight-year-old son is a really, really picky eater. He's also got an eagle eye for veggies or other nutritious sneakiness hidden in his food. So sometimes I put spinach in the marinara sauce or a little bit of avocado in his hummus, and then we have fancy dinner. I will announce that it's a fancy dinner night. We get out all the good china and fancy crystal gob goblets. We sit in the dining room, and most important, we turn off all the lights and eat by candlelight, which, by the way, makes it much harder for him to see all the tiny details of his food. Jillian, Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> I love the eating in the dark. I've never thought of that. But. So does anyone have um, a sibling or have kids who are siblings? Yeah. And do they, do they always get along? <laughs> no? All right. Here's a good trick. My daughter's 18 months apart hit the age where they were embarrassed by me at almost exactly the same time that they started bickering endlessly. Anytime they start to argue in public, I threaten to start singing if they don't stop. <laughs> Works 100% of the time. Amy, Northampton, Massachusetts. I think I'd rather, yeah, not argue than be embarrassed. <laughs> like that. Okay, yeah. so I have one more. This is... So this is one for teenagers. So some of these um, are funny and some of them are gross. And then some of them are like kind of just really touching and poignant um, and helpful in tricky situations. So a lot of people ask me about um, like technology and social media and texting and they're thinking of it as like always a negative thing. But this one I love because it shows how you can use texting to your advantage. We have an emergency family emoji. If one of my teenagers uses it in a text and they're at a friend's house, it means I need to come get them right away. If they text me a question with the emoji, it, need, it means I need to answer no. They need me to be the bad guy sometimes so they don't lose face in front of their friends. It gives them an easy out, and I'm not allowed to ask questions. I just get them out of dangerous situations. They know that if they text me the emoji, I'll be there, no questions asked. Chantel, Salt Lake City, Utah. So smart. I hope that we have emojis by the time I need to use them. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have to come up with something else. You'll need, you'll need like a bat symbol. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so should we do some demos? Let's do some demos. Yeah. So there's lots of stuff in the book that is like visual or hands-on <laughs> exercises. So uh, Hillary's yeah. going to show us a few. So I'm going to need some I need some volunteers for this stuff. Um, I need a parent or a, a grown-up who does not mind having something on their mouth. 
Anyone? That is, it's removable. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would say yes. You would say yes. Rosanna, we can do it. You'll do it? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, here. Okay. She's going to Rosanna, everybody. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> keep me quiet, huh? All right. So, um, can somebody that I know take a picture of this? Okay. <laughs> I want to send this to my husband. Okay. <laughs> so, I need you, Rosanna, to make your angriest face. Yes, very good, very good, very good. The other one. Cat, <laughs> what does the angriest face look like? <laughs> All right. I'll let you do this yourself. Okay. And I need you to put this. Keep your angry face. Put it over your mouth. Keep that angry face. Keep it, keep it, keep it. And keep it. <laughs> You're not angry. Oh, keep it. Keep the angry face. <laughs> When she's really mad, she takes duct tape, puts it over her mouth, and draws a smile on with a Sharpie. And it makes her kid laugh, which makes her laugh. And yeah, you can, you can keep your tape. Guess what it is? Oh gosh. Um, well, he loves Pokemon. I'm gonna guess a Pokemon figure that was over there, maybe. Yes, you are correct. But also, Kate, you lost this game <laughs> because because you guessed it too fast, <laughs> and you only oh, got right, to rest. <laughs> you only got to rest for a few seconds. <laughs> I totally forgot. So this is a game called What's on My Butt. So I should pretend like, oh, maybe it's a tree or it's a book or whatever. So I get to rest. The longer, the longer That's right. That's right. I just know you too well, and I was too eager. (laughs) Thank you, Sebastian and Kate. Okay. So we have one more, and this one involves. We need all of the children to come up. 
And um, while this is happening, I'm going to take a look at those. Did anyone submit? Okay. We're going to, so I just need a few seconds to, to look at these. Andrea, Andrea's helping me pick out, um, nar narrow this down. And then I, I'm going to announce the winners in just a minute. So we need all the kids, and then we need Jeff Long. Oh. <laughs> Jeff is an old friend of mine from college. He's my, he's my oldest, my elder, most elderly friend. I'm only 44. So here's the thing. Like, kids, kids sometimes freak out, right? They sometimes get upset about stuff, and um, it can be hard to calm them down. And they don't generally like to be told to calm down or told to breathe. So this is a tricky way of getting your kids to breathe, and it's really fun, I think, for everybody involved. So the way you do it is Jeff's going to stand there, and all of the kids are going to try to blow him away with their <laughs> breath. <laughs> so, and Jeff, you have to make a big show of it. <laughs> okay, I'll do my best. Okay, Blown over. <laughs> nice job, Jeff. Nice job, kids. Okay, so you guys can all go back to your seats, and I'm going to give out some prizes. Um, another good version of that, it's like a, a mini version of that, is making your fingers like candles and telling kids you need them to blow out all the candles, and you can, like, let them flicker so that the breath lasts I light real longer. ones. You, you do? Yeah, I just want, hey, look, it's your birthday. Not really. <laughs> just to get her to breathe. <laughs> so um, our top prize is going to get a book, and our runners-up are going to get these pins that we made for the longest, shortest time. Um, we had an episode with the comedians, Jesse Klein and um, Casey Wilson, and they were talking about how they, they both had baby boys, and it was really hard to find baby boy clothing that didn't look super aggressive. And um, Jesse Klein said, like, do I really need to dress my son in a onesie with, uh, <laughs> with a dinosaur punching a bear? There was like a more R-rated version of how she said it. But this is a picture. We got um, the New Yorker cartoonist Emily Flake to draw a dinosaur punching a bear. <laughs> so. um, here we go. So our second runner-up is uh, getting my two-year-old to drink her banana kale spinach smoothie by giving her new and exciting cups to drink out of it, including my vast shot glass collection <laughs> from before I was a parent. <laughs> <laughs> to call the dentist to make an appointment for uh, for 
thumb thumb cutting. Thumb cutting to stop thumb sucking. <laughs> <laughs> Did it work? Yeah. <laughs> when daylight savings ends, I don't tell my daughter to change her clock so that we actually get an hour of sleep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Monica. So, Monica, um, when I do well, now she knows. <laughs> She's, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, um, thanks, guys, for divulging all of these. I want to read the rest of them, actually. I know. Yeah. Oh, should we read them? Yeah. Peeing outside was a motivating factor during potty training for my son until he started peeing in the grocery store and Target parking lots. <laughs> Quickly had to undo that habit from Shannon. <laughs> my 10-month-old loves to make it difficult for me to change his diaper by rolling and turning over. I decided to make it fun by adding a, ba a bamboo cloth on top of the changing table. I pull it off the table with him on it. He, he is startled, <laughs> but soon starts laughing hard, and I quickly change him while he is laughing. <laughs> Yukari. <laughs> I offer my daughter coffee <laughs> in order to try to teach her about where I come from. She never wants to drink it, though. <laughs> the Dominguez family. That's so good. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. So these I'm sharing in the New York, the, in the longest, shortest, the longest, shortest time newsletter. Um, so if you subscribe to that, I'll be exclusively sharing like all the new ones that I get on the road there. So we're, we'll wrap up soon. Yeah. But um, what are you hoping people get out of this book? So and I who do you want to buy it? You know, <laughs> like who needs it and what are they going to get? Everybody in this room. I know. Um, <laughs> I, well, so I think that uh, what I want people to get out of it is that they should trust people should trust their intuition more when it comes to children. I think we turn to books too much. I think there is a place for like expert advice, especially when it comes to like child psychology. But I also think that um, like this book is a collective brain trust of parents and caregivers. And I want people to be able to refer to it um, and find, find fixes for issues they're dealing with. But more than that, I want them to look at them as inspiration for things like when next time that weird thing occurs to you that you can try it yourself and just see if it works. I feel like that was my main takeaway reading it was like, A, relax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're all doing our best here and there's no perfect answer to anything. And B, like, yeah, we're, we're all just experimenting all the time as parents. And what works for you might not work for someone else. And that's totally fine. Actually, I have, I have an email from Maggie, the what's on my butt lady, that I want to I wanna read to you guys that sort of yeah. supports this. Yeah. Um, it, was re it was really nice going through the list of things and saying, well, I would have never. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... I, I always just thought of what's on my butt as like a fun, weird thing that Maggie made up. And here's the backstory. Growing up, all I wanted to be was a mom. When other kids dressed up like doctors and firefighters, I put a doll in a sling and donned my mom's high heels for Halloween. 
After college, I became a full-time nanny, a practice mom, if you will, biding my time until my life would really start. That didn't happen right away, and when I was 25, I got accidentally pregnant with a long-distance boyfriend. I felt like my life was falling apart, looking nothing like what I'd been waiting for. When my daughter was born, I had terrible postpartum depression and hated everything, including especially being a mom. I resented my partner for our non-traditional family, my daughter for demanding so much of me, the world for not giving me the leave-it-to-beaver life I'd expected. For a year, I nearly killed myself trying to Pinterest my way into that picture-perfect life, but eventually gave up, acknowledging that I was a much better nanny than I am a mom and moving past the old unrealistic expectations of myself. At this point, four years later, I'm a proudly mediocre parent who has a well-adjusted, happy, brilliant kid who accepts that her mom doesn't like to play, tells her when she's being a butthead, and doesn't play the martyr. I don't make photo albums. I leave my kid at daycare as late as possible. I let her wear the same dress to preschool every day. Sometimes she forgets to wear underwear and I don't notice. I don't know what time she wakes up because I taught her to tell time so she doesn't wake me up until 8 o'clock. And honestly, I'm proud of how independent she is and how much more relaxed I'm able to be. And I just found that really poignant, and I think that we don't know the backstories behind all the rest of the almost 400 <laughs> entries that are in this book, but they're there. And, and so I know you all have your backstories behind whatever strategies you use with your kids, and so... Yeah, I just hope that you you find your own. Like, grab that grab that blue food coloring, put it in the potty, and tell your kid to pee on it, and call it goblin pee. <laughs> Go for it. Thanks, Hillary. Thanks, yeah. Jane. Thank you. Are you guys ready to get some books signed? Yeah. You've been listening to the Skylight Books author reading series. Don't forget, you can listen to this and all of our other great podcasts at skylightbooks.com. Thanks again for stopping by. And we hope to see you soon.